0: Are you excited about today? I've got to tell you, I'm excited, so I felt like it was important that I dressed for the occasion. And if you're in here today and you're offended by the fact that the pastor would wear a Broncos jersey on a Sunday, I have good news for you. Jesus loves you too, and you can be forgiven as well. You're welcome here. I think we're all excited about today and what's going to take place this afternoon, but I want to tell you, I'm very excited about what I believe God wants to speak into our hearts and talk to us about right now in this moment. Last week, uh, we talked about the fact, uh, the the title of the message was, This May Take a While. And we talked about the fact that change, um, God can deposit vision into you, and he can deposit hope into you, and he can deposit dreams into you in just a moment, in an instant. He can offer forgiveness to you and you can receive that in just one instant, immediately. However, the change for it to play out, for you to begin to see relationships change, if you begin to see your health change, your your, your life change might take a while. So today I felt like it was very necessary for us as a church to pause for a moment and talk about a key of how we can remain faithful during the process. The Bible says that that we are truly his disciples if we remain faithful to Jesus' teachings. If that's the case, then if this takes so long, what are some things that we need to do to make sure that we're remaining faithful in the process and not giving up too early? So I want to jump right into the text that we're going to be reading today, and it's found in 1 Samuel chapter 14. And if you got your Bibles, go ahead and open it up. We're going to have it on the side screens as well so that you can follow along with us. But in 1 Samuel chapter 14, starting in verse 24, the Bible says, Now the Israelites were in distress that day because Saul had bound the people under an oath, saying, Cursed be anyone who eats food before evening comes, before I have avenged myself on my enemies. So none of the troops tasted food. The entire army, army entered the woods and there was honey on the ground when they went into the woods they saw the honey oozing out yet no one put his mouth and put his hand to his mouth see what is up with that what would cause you to, what would keep you from eating what god puts right in front of you to feed you the bible says because they feared the oath verse 27 but jonathan but jonathan had not heard that his father had bound the people with the oath. So he reached out the end of his staff that was in his hand, and he dipped it into the honeycomb. He raised his hand to his mouth, and his eyes were brightened. It's my hope and my prayer for you today that today your eyes would be brightened and you begin to see things in a new way because of what God is going to deposit into you in these moments to come. Verse 28 says, Then one of the soldiers told him, Your father bound... The army under a streaked oath saying, Cursed be anyone who eats food today. That is why the men are faint. And Jonathan said, My father has made trouble for the country. See how my eyes are brightened when I, tasted the, this little, uh, uh, when I tasted a little of this honey? How much better would it have been if the men have eaten today some of the plunder that they took from the enemy? Would not the slaughter of the Philistines have been greater? He says, would not the slaughter of the Philistines have been greater? Would not you be stronger? Wouldn't you have greater victories if you began to eat what God puts right in front of you? So today I want to talk about, and I want to title this message today, Don't Skip Dessert. Don't Skip Dessert. In fact, look at your neighbor, look him right in the eye and say, Don't Skip Dessert. You might look back at them and say, it doesn't look like you've skipped dessert in a while. I know it's, it's the beginning of the year. I know there's lots of you that are on weight loss plans, and I'm not trying to throw you off. This being Super Bowl Sunday, and we're going to go celebrate this afternoon. I'm not trying to throw you off and cause you to lose weight uh, it, it, when it comes to not skipping dessert, but I want to speak to you, and I want to encourage you spiritually today not to skip dessert. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for your love We're thankful for Jesus and we pray right now that your Holy Spirit would come into this room and you'd begin to speak to us. And God, though we're excited about the rest of this day, we're so excited and expectant of what you can do right now in our lives. So God, we we just open up our hearts to you and we invite you in and we pray, God, that you would begin to encourage us and speak to us and help us know you more and love you more, God. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, as many of you know, for years I've talked about the fact that I'm a father, and I think many of the life lessons I've learned have came from fatherhood. And, in fact, one of the ways that we gain self-awareness is by teaching our kids, because as you begin seeing the flaws in your kids and begin teaching them, you begin to see many strengths in your kids that you see in yourself, but then you also see some other things, right? That you got that from your mom, (laughs) But the truth is, we look at our kids, we see some weaknesses, and if we're honest, we go, oh, wow, they, they got that from me. I didn't even recognize it before, but I struggle in that area. And see, I'm a competitive person, and I'm someone who's struggled in an area of frustration. If I'm not the best at something, I get angry, and, and I want to do well in different areas. And I, and, and I began to see that this is something that has taken place not just in my life, but I start seeing that it's starting to happen in my kids' lives as well. If I go back a couple of years, one of the things I can look at where I got very frustrated is, is physically I was, I, I was training to become stronger and stronger. And I started mountain biking. And we have people in our church who are very good at mountain biking. We had some endurance athletes that were in races and stuff like that. And one of the guys... Um, in our church, invited me to start coming along and riding with him, and he was, he's like one of these uber athletes, you know, so, uh, he invited me to come along, I thought it would be great, and he told me what trail we were doing, I've never done a trail that difficult, never done a trail that long, and he said, you can do it, come on, let's go, and we went on this trail, and, and it was so, so discouraging for me, because, I was doing everything I could, and a couple miles in, I look, and he's like, he's a couple hundred uh, uh, yards ahead of me in the trail, and he's stopping, he's got his phone out, he's taking pictures of things, and I'm trying not to throw up on the side of the trail. And, and I catch up to him, and we go farther, and catch up to him, and go farther, and I'm just, I'm dying here. And and Amelie finally called me, and my phone's ringing, I stopped to answer the phone, she's like, I thought you were going to be home like two hours ago, I'm like, I did too, you know, I, I was stressed out, well, we got to the end of the trail, and, and I was thinking, I, I didn't want to tell this guy this, but I'm thinking, I'm going to sell my mountain bike, I'm this is horrible, I I I have no business being out here on the trail, and he began trying to encourage me, he's like, man, that was awesome, that is such a tough trail, I can't believe you were able to do it, and as fast as we did it, and he's trying to speak all this encouragement to me, I'm going, you're kidding, me? you're not even sweating, like, what is, no, I felt awful, and I left there so frustrated, and I went home and I was talking to Amelie like, I don't know, maybe I'm not cut out for this. I'm not built like other mountain bikers. I, I need to find a different sport. Well, fast forward a couple of years, just knowing that that's kind of a, a struggle I deal with and getting frustrated that way. We fast forward a couple years and just a couple months ago, my daughters who were both in dance, they're in a studio here in town, uh, they were at a dance workshop and my older daughter, Rachel, Rachel. Uh, she was in this workshop, and Amalie and I sat in the back, and we were getting to watch for a little bit, and they were doing so great. It was really neat just to see how they have progressed. And uh, when we got in the car to leave, Rachel was really down. And I'm thinking, you know what, we're, we're doing this for fun for you. This is, should be, it's discipline, but it's fun. You should be excited. What's going on? She's like... I just I'm not very good at these moves, and this is very difficult i didn't expect it to be so difficult and and we stopped and and started parenting her for a minute so rachel you gotta you got to look at this differently because think about a year ago you wouldn't have even been able to do anything that That was being taught in this workshop. But you were keeping up and you were doing well. And yeah, it was difficult. But you were completing. A year ago, you couldn't have done any of this. You've got to look at how far you've come. And while we're talking, it's like, boom, the light bulb comes on in my head. And I went, oh, no. She learned this from me. Because... If she's learning by example, and I'm modeling to her to focus on our weaknesses instead of focusing on our strength and celebrating how far we've come, that that she's not going to be able to have the strength to continue on and sustain progress in life because of what I'm teaching her right now. So I had a come-to-Jesus meeting. I think Christians know the term. A come-to-Jesus meeting is when, the Holy Spirit begins to convict you and you get down on your knees and you start to realize that there's been a pattern in your life you've been doing wrong and I'm sitting there praying before God going, I am so sorry. I, there's so many victories you've taken me through and instead of celebrating the fact that yeah, I completed the trail or yeah, I accomplished this or yeah, we saved this much money, I'm thinking, well, I'm not as good as this person or as good as that person. I gotta, I gotta keep going and keep pressing on and I would never stop to celebrate. So in that moment, I'm there on the ground just apologizing to God and feeling like God begins instilling into me. It's, Dan, it's time for you to start celebrating. And no matter how small the victory is, you've got to celebrate. You've got to be thankful for what I'm changing in you and taking you to do places. Stop for a moment and enjoy the moment. So now I'll go for a run, and I'll pat myself on the back and be like, Dan, you went for a run. Instead of getting discouraged about the fact that I got passed by four old ladies on the run, you know, like, I did it, though. You know, I did it. Instead of coming off the stage on a weekend and focusing on this could have been better, the lighting was different here, I stuttered here. Instead of that, to come off the stage and, God, thank you so much for what you're depositing into our church. I began realizing. Thank you. I began realizing that, that God was giving me so many things to celebrate, and instead of taking the time to pause, And feed myself and celebrate. I I was looking for every negative thing I could find. I just got to get better. I just got to keep pressing on, keep moving forward. See, some of us never celebrate because, uh, and we, we have people that are trying to encourage us and try to get us to celebrate, but we just don't celebrate. There's other people in the room that it's the opposite. And we don't celebrate because we feel like there's no one around us to encourage us. We're waiting for someone else to pat us on the back and cheer us on. But as we look in Scripture, we see that, yeah, that's a wonderful gift to have people around us encouraging us. But we need to stop and encourage ourselves. The Bible says that David strengthened himself in the Lord. It was a time when when he didn't have anyone patting him on the back. He was going through difficulty, and he went off by himself and got with God and said, God, I'm struggling, I'm not doing well, but I see you've brought me so much farther and I see that I'm where I am today because it's where you want me to be. He encouraged himself in the Lord. And that's a huge difference between David and Saul. We see it because David built a dynasty and Saul ended up self-sabotaging. What's the difference? David encouraged himself in the Lord. And see, this is the first thing I want to talk about today. This is the paradox of progress. The paradox of progress. This is when, when, you, when you begin succeeding in an area, the more you succeed, the more you see how far you actually have to go. The better mountain biker you become, the more you see I've got a long way to go before ever I get good. And it's that way in every area of life there's a paradox to progress. And see, the fact that Saul wanted so bad to win immediately is eventually what kept him from winning eventually. It's the paradox of progress. The first verse we looked at, if we go back into scripture, it says, Now the Israelites were distressed on that day. Would you say that day? The Israelites were distressed that day. That's verse 24. Okay. If we back up one verse to verse 23, this is what verse 23 says. So on that day, would you say that day again? So on that day, the Lord saved Israel and the battle moved on to Beth-Avon. Did you catch that? Verse 23 says, on that day the Lord saved Israel. It's a day of deliverance. On verse 24 it says, that day the Israelites were in distress. And this would make sense if it was two different days. But verse 23 and verse 24 are talking about the same day. Verse 23, that day is a day of deliverance. Verse 24, that day is a day of distress. Is it a day of deliverance or a day of distress? Let me ask you a question. Are you allowing the enemy to turn your day of deliverance into a day of distress? Are you allowing the victories that that God has given you, the salvation he's given you, the, 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 the battle moving on? Are you allowing the enemy to take it and turn it around and twist it? in your mind, into being a day of distress. Says that day, the battle moved on, okay? But the battle wasn't over. Didn't say that they had complete victory. They just had victory in that day. So Saul made an oath, and he said, until this battle is completely over, until my enemies are completely defeated, I'm not gonna eat anything, and no one else is going to be able to eat anything. And I wonder how many times we go into life into every goal we have, in every new year, and every decision we make, and we, we oath like Saul. And we say, I, I'm going to lose 50 pounds, and I'm not going to eat anything but chicken breast and egg whites until I lose 50 pounds. In fact, I, I'm only going to drink protein shakes until I get back down to my 14-year-old waist size, right? And, and we say, I, I'm going I'm to cut everything off. This is what Saul did. So the second thing I want to talk to you about today is the danger of deprivation, the danger of deprivation. See, I'm not talking about the danger of discipline. There's a difference, the danger of deprivation. But the thing is, deprivation many times disguises itself like discipline. But anytime you base your goals, any anytime you base your plans off what you won't do, as opposed to what you will do, basically you're. You're beginning to hinder the progress that God is wanting to create in your life. This is the danger of deprivation. I believe this can set someone free. I believe this could could change some patterns in this room today. That it might not be that God didn't provide for you the strength. It might be that you're not eating the strength that God is providing to you. It it might be that, that there's some of us in this room that are going, Why isn't God strengthening me here? Why isn't He helping me here? And God's going, Look, I put the honey on the ground in front of you. It's what you've been fighting for, it's what you've been going for. Stop for a moment and celebrate. Stop for a moment and pat yourself on the back. But see, I get it when I read this because I understand Saul. Saul was driven. There's nothing wrong with being driven. It's a good thing. And, and Saul wanted to keep moving forward. He wanted to keep pushing forward. And he's like, the battle, we won this battle, but there's still a lot more to fight. So what I'm going to do is I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to celebrate here until I get to a place of complete perfection. And once I get to perfection, then I'm going to celebrate. And see, this is something that I, I've struggled with in myself. Instead of being able to pat myself on the back and go, Dan, you finished the trail. I'm going, until I can beat my friend on this trail, then I'll celebrate. And I've done this in areas of my life. Not, not just in goofy areas like mountain biking, but in areas that actually mean something to me. Like Something Omelie pointed out to me that she recognized that I struggle with over and over again is there was a couple weeks back that we just finished a Sunday service and it was a service where we did a salvation prayer at the end and there was like, each service had like between 15 and 25 hands of people who made decisions to follow Jesus. It was like a wonderful weekend, something we should have been so pumped about, so excited about. Well, I get home and, and we ate lunch and it was about 1.15. I pulled my laptop up on in my lap and started typing and Amelie asked me, Dan, what are you doing? And I said, I'm working on a sermon for next week. She <laughs> You're already working on your sermon for next week, and I had to look at myself again and go, "Wait, wait a minute! This is the, that same struggle that, that, like, I didn't stop and celebrate the victory." Instead, what I'm doing is I'm already looking at the next battle. And there are some times in life we have to just stop and go, hey, today was a victory, and begin to celebrate, begin to to enjoy all the little things that we get to experience. See, this is what God began teaching me in this moment, in this conversation with my wife, is that if you don't stop to enjoy the spoils of this battle, you won't be able to endure the struggles of the next one. If you just say, i got another battle to go, another battle to go, another battle to go, then you're going to end up like the Israelites who the entire army, they, wasn't, they weren't eating. They're just pushing on to the next thing. Yet we see the only person in this story that stopped and fed himself, his eyes were brightened. He had renewed strength. And, and what this looks like is that every once in a while we've got to pat ourselves on the back for how far we've come. Because it's easy to get down on ourselves for how far we have to go. That's the paradox of progress. But, but to stop for a moment and go, you know what? If I look at where God has taken me in my relationships, and my personal life, and my finances, I'm not where I was. And yeah, I'm still in debt, but I'm not in as, nearly as much debt as I used to be. And, yeah, my wife and I still have struggles, but we don't fight as merely, nearly as bad as we used to and start to look and go, you know what, I had a victory today. I read my Bible a couple of times last week. I showed up at church today. And you've got to pat yourself on the back and say, you know what, this is something to celebrate because there's other people that maybe they're not, they're not getting the same success as I'm getting, so I should stop and feed myself and experience the feeling of the success and go, look what I did. Look what I did. When was the last time you patted yourself on the back and said, look what I did? See, you can't skip dessert. Some people have a problem celebrating, but I know there are other people that they don't struggle with this at all. I was at Canyon View Park this this fall when the middle school boys were out playing football and as I was coming up there's a group of boys in Jersey and the rest of their teams weren't there. The coach wasn't there yet and I'm I'm looking at from far off. I, I could tell they were like dancing or something. It was weird. And I was trying to figure out what they were doing. So as I got closer to them, I began recognizing that these boys were actually practicing their victory dances because they're like you know what, I'm going to catch the ball I'm going to score a touchdown so I got to know how to party you know I got to I got to break it down I got to dab you know I, I got to figure something out and, and I'm looking at just laugh and go oh man wouldn't that be nice wouldn't that be nice to, to have the confidence to know, victory's coming so I've got to be ready to celebrate when the victory comes so getting on to this point though I think we have to pause for a moment and point out the fact that there is such a thing As excessive celebration. There is such a thing as of celebrating too much or celebrating too early. This is when you celebrate before you even score a point. In fact, hate to bring this up, but Bronco fans, you remember Danny Trevathan. You have to have victory and then you celebrate. You can't just celebrate and celebrate and celebrate and celebrate. There's got to be victory there. See, excessive celebration, this is when you get on Facebook. And you begin posting things about your life that aren't true because you want other people to believe that you live a lifestyle that you don't live. So when you go to the store and you rack up stuff on your credit card and buy things you can't afford because you, wanna, you, you want other people to see you celebrating the lifestyle that you don't have. So you've got to celebrate on the level that you're on. This, that's excessive celebration. There are certain celebrations that, that are good and there are certain that are bad. And here's just a little side note about that as well. Some of you need to know, some of the things that God does in your life is for you. And you should have a celebration. You should be thankful for what God's doing. But it's for you. It's not for you to broadcast to everyone else. Some of the things that are for you are not for you to put on on social media to try to make your ex jealous or to try to make other people think differently about you. What God is doing in your life, he's doing for you. So we need to celebrate, but, but we can't celebrate excessively. We can't celebrate too early. You can't celebrate losing weight by going to an all-you-can-eat buffet. Can't celebrate paying your credit card off by going and, and buying a whole bunch of new stuff on your credit card. It doesn't work that way. Here, here's some way it does work. If you're trying to pay your credit card off, then when you pay your credit card off, take yourself out to eat and eat some cheap food and get fat and celebrate, right? But if you're trying to lose weight, then don't go out and celebrate by eating. Take yourself on a walk. Or, or if you're not trying to lose weight, go buy yourself a pair of shoes. So you can't focus on all areas at once, but you've got to focus on a certain area, have a, have a victory there, and then celebrate and go, you know what, today is the day that the Lord has made, and, and I'm going to celebrate today. I recognize I've got a long way to go, but the battle has moved on. Okay? With the, with the battle moving on, doesn't mean that you're there yet, though. And this is what hangs us up. You go, I'm going to pay the credit card off, and, and, and I've been trying and trying, and it's still got a long way to go. Well, how about you stop for a minute and go, you know what? The battle moved on. I did pay $100 on the credit card, and I got a long way to go, but thank God I paid $100 on the credit card. Or, I'm not married, but I'm going on a date. Or, or I'm not going on a date, but I got good friends around me and support around me. You got to see what is God doing on your level right now for you, and celebrate those times. Don't celebrate too soon. Don't celebrate too soon. There's a, a Cardinals player. He was a kicker. And I don't know if you guys saw this. If you get online, I was looking for celebration fails. If you get online and look up celebration fails, you'll see a Cardinals kicker who kicked a field goal at the beginning of the season. And uh, once the field goal went and he he got the point, he jumped up and was celebrating. Is so excited that when he came down, he tore his ACL. Out for the entire season because of an excessive celebration. Don't miss your season because you're celebrating too soon. See, the pattern of the way this works is that we have sacrifice, and then we celebrate. Sacrifice, celebrate. Sacrifice, celebrate. Save up the money, and then upgrade the car. Sacrifice, celebrate. Save in the college fund, and then take yourself on vacation. Sacrifice, celebrate. Sacrifice, celebrate. Sacrifice, celebrate. But some of us in this room struggle with sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. 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 But sacrifice with no celebration means no strength. That's what we see from 1 Samuel 14 and, and what you need to learn about yourself is that you've got to start feeding yourself. You've got to start feeding the troops. You got to start feeding your emotions. You got to start seeing the areas where God is blessing you and feed yourself in those areas. The Bible says that the men were faint because they haven't eaten. They weren't a weak army, they were a strong army, but they just weren't eating. Could it be that you might be failing in certain areas of your life, not because you're weak, but because you're not eating what God has put in right in front of you? We got to feed ourselves. There are many different ways that, that we can feed ourselves. We've got to receive what God gives us. You get fed at church, and I wonder when you come into church and you're worshiping and you're hearing God's word, are you allowing it to get inside you and feed you? Are you getting into your Bible every day and reading it? Are you just going, I'm going to go through another week and I'm going to starve myself spiritually as much as I can this week, and hopefully I'll get through it. are you going, every day I'm going to get up and I'm going to read my Bible and I'm going to be fed off this. and, and, And just like Jesus said, you know, give us this day our daily bread. I'm going to get into the daily bread and feed because I need the strength to get through this day. See, sometimes people come and offer encouragement to us and we just blow it off. We never receive it. And God is trying to feed you and I wonder, are you receiving what God's trying to feed you? The Bible says that the ground was oozing with honey oozing with honey. Isn't it interesting that earlier in Scripture we see the Bible talk about this that this would be a land of milk and honey. The whole reason they went into the land, the whole reason they were fighting is so that they could have the plunder of war, that they could have the honey. They could have a land that that produces. This is what they were fighting for, and yet here they are. They've had a victory. They're standing right there where God has put honey in front of them, and their king is so foolish that he makes a decision and says, you know what? No one's going to eat. You can't even have what you fought for until I get what I want. Until I get what I want. And this is the third thing we're going to talk about. Is This is a picture of the bondage of bitterness. The bondage of bitterness. Because the Bible says that this is what Saul did. It says, your father, I'm talking about Saul, bound the army under a strict oath. It actually uses the word bound. Just like you could take someone and tie them up in chains, lock them into a prison, bound the army under a strict oath that nobody eats until all of my enemies are destroyed. How often do we bind ourselves with our own oaths? of uh, Bitterness or struggle or whatever's going on, we, uh, we start to say things like, you know what, I'm not going to be happy until I complete this. I, I'm not going to go to church until I clean this area up in my life. I, I'm not going to be worthy of being loved until I can get this figured out over here. See, it's it's a belief that is false belief. It's wrong where we're tying ourselves up. We're binding ourselves. And a lot of times these false beliefs that, that keep us tied up come from Other people. Other people pouring into us. It could be a parental figure. This is what it was for for Jonathan. Saul was uh, Jonathan's father. And Saul was trying to bind his entire army and his son included by, by the beliefs that he had and the struggles he had because of bitterness. And maybe we've had people who have poured into our lives and said things about us that we began believing. This is what the Bible talks about being a stronghold in your mind. And Maybe you've had someone who... When you were growing up, said, you know what, you're never going to complete that. You're never going to marry that person. You're never going to finish that. You're, you're not worthy of that. You're not good enough there. You're never going to be good enough. And we start to believe those things. And those things keep us bound. It's like we're, 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 we're leaning in and agreeing with what the devil would say about our lives and not eating. So therefore, we're going into a battle and trying to fight on an empty stomach. And that is why you might be losing. It it might be that God is providing for you exactly the strength that you need, but but because of what we're believing about, what somebody else says, we're not receiving the blessings that God wants for us right now. The very blessings that could give you the strength to move forward. See, Saul was bitter, and bitter people can, can cause you, to believe things that aren't true and cause you to miss out on some blessings that are right there for you. And the reason he's bitter, you should get into the scriptures and read the whole story. But we see that, that Saul was given the kingdom. He was given the kingdom because he was tall and handsome. But a chapter before this story in 1 Samuel 13, Samuel declares that God is going to give this kingdom to someone else. So now in chapter 14, he has this aftertaste of his own failure in his mouth, and he's discouraged. He doesn't want anybody else to taste something sweet because what he tastes right now is bitter. So he's got this attitude of, I somehow have got to prove myself, and in doing so, I don't want anyone else to be blessed around me. You can't allow bitter people to steal what God has given you. See, the enemy will try to keep you from succeeding, but if he can't keep you from succeeding, then his next strategy is, is going to be to try to be able to keep you from enjoying the success that you have. I wonder how many of us in here, God has given you success. He's given you what you've prayed for. And yet... We keep our perspective turns like we prayed for a marriage, we prayed for kids, and now we've got the marriage and kids, and instead of being thankful and happy for what we have, we're looking at it going, man, this is a lot of work, and I'm tired. I wonder, are we allowing the enemy to skew our vision of what God has given us? It says, this day is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. I think what that looks like in, in terms of this sermon and what it looks like for your life and for mine is that we need to recognize that today there's something that we can celebrate. Today there's something we can rejoice in. Today we can scoop down and grab a bite of something sweet and encourage ourselves and strengthen ourselves to keep moving forward because if the truth is that some of the changes that are going to take place in our life are going to take a while, we have to know the pattern of how we can continue to stay faithful to doing life God's way. And what we learn from 1 Samuel 14 is the pattern is win a battle, take a bite. 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 Now, you can't just take a bite, take a bite, take a bite, take a bite, because if that's the case, you'll be like David, where you're taking a bite out of Bathsheba when you should be in a battle. We've got to win the battle and then take a bite. Win a battle, take a bite. So what does that look like every day? It looks like, I got up and I worked out today. I'm going to pat myself on the back. I'm excited. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna send some money off to the to the credit card bill. Do a little dance. You know, I got something to celebrate today. What are you celebrating right now? You got to win a battle, take a bite. Win a battle, take a bite. You know, lose some weight, and then and, and then be excited about that. Go show off for your spouse a little bit. And be hey baby, look here, right. You know what I'm talking about we've we've got to celebrate the victory so this is what I want to do I want to invite you to stand with me before we leave today and I want to encourage you right now in this moment to take just a moment and look at how far you've come look at how far you've come our tendency right now what the devil wants you to do is go but you got so far to go Don't listen to that lie. Don't listen to that voice. What we have to look at right now is that Jesus has helped you, he's forgiven you, he's empowered you, and he's given you successes. And are you stopping to celebrate those successes? You win a battle, take a bite. Win a battle. Take a bite. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I pray for every person in this room right now that you would help us to see the victories and see how you have, you've started a good work in us and you're, you're completing the work in us and you're taking us through changes and we're not where we used to be. Thank you, God, that, that we are not where we were a year ago. We're not where we were a week ago. We're not where we were even 10 years ago. We thank you so much for the fact that you're changing our lives, that you're blessing us, So, God, I pray right now that we would be the type of people that we'd see when you offer us encouragement, you offer us your word, that you give us victories, that we would be people who celebrate and say, thank you, God, I'm going to have my own little dance party here, and I'm going to enjoy what you're doing in my life because, God, we need the strength for the next battles that are to come. So, God, I pray you'd be with each and every one of us. Help us to be people who live lives encouraged because of your love. And it's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's give him a shout of praise. He's good.